Hello and welcome to another episode of Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And in this episode, I speak with Chris Mandarino. Chris is a former NFL fullback and is currently the founder and CEO at Life Fuel, which offers science-backed, plant-based solutions to deliver essential nutrients that are often missing from modern diets. Uh, Chris was a real treat to have on the show. He brought great energy to our conversation. It was great to speak with an athlete who came from uh, a different background and had a different journey than a lot of the athletes that I've had the opportunity to speak with on Endurance Minded, Uh, coming from a professional um, sports background in the NFL. uh, He certainly had uh, different experiences, uh, and we use that journey and those experiences to talk about uh, what he learned and what ultimately led him to found uh, Life Fuel. So uh, once we dive into uh, to his journey uh, as an athlete all the way from early childhood up to uh, and through his professional career, uh, we talk about things like eating for performance versus eating for health and wellness. Uh, we speak about how he defined his goals and how he used that process to, uh, to, to reach his full potential and, uh, and accomplish what he set out to do. Uh, we talk about reestablishing a relationship with food, which if you've listened to the show, you know that's something that I'm a big believer in. We've spoke, spoken with, uh, with other health professionals, dietitians, um, nutrition experts on that topic, and it's something that I'm very, very passionate about. So it was great to get Chris's insight uh, into that, um, that realm and this idea of uh, having a relationship with food uh, that is healthy um, and uh, comes from a place that's sustainable. Uh, we talk about how uh, the modern uh, diet and the modern world are set up to uh, trade convenience for health. So we lean towards convenience versus healthy options when it comes to food uh, and maybe what's wrong with that and how we can uh, how we can shift that relationship. Um, so tons of great information. Again, Chris brought a great energy uh, to our conversation. It was really, uh, really fun to sit down and chat with him. So um, you can check out what Chris is doing at lifefuel.com. They're offering $100 off uh, their transformation bundle. Again, that's lifefuel.com. Uh, really cool product, uh, really great mission uh, and vision, uh, and I love what their, uh, what their company is doing. Um, as always, thomasendurancecoaching.com for everything that we're talking about the podcast, uh, to reach out to a coach, uh, check out our blog, check out what we're doing on social media. we got a really big spring and summer lined up, a lot of cool stuff coming uh, your way, so uh, check us out, thomasendurancecoaching.com. And as always, endurancemindedcom to let us know uh, what you think about the show. Let us know how we can help. Drop us a line at the bottom of the page there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear um, what you're going through, what resonates, what doesn't, and how we can help. And um, as always, rate, subscribe, share. Wherever you're listening to your podcast, I greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, uh, please enjoy my conversation with Chris Mandarino. Hey everyone, uh, before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to tell you about Inside Tracker. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value in the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So no matter what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just getting out and enjoy the great outdoors, you want to do it forever. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D and elevated iron. Despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific, individual, and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. 
So, endurance-minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded to take advantage of 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com/endurance-minded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs to perform better and live longer. Hey, Chris. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, Taylor. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to chat. I uh, think you're, you're our first um, professional non-endurance uh, athlete on the show, which is, which is great. I, I think that's going to be a really exciting kind of background to, to draw in. So um, uh, I guess for, for those uh, that maybe don't know you, uh, give us a little bit of background about where you're coming from, um, and uh, we can use that as a springboard. Perfect. Yeah. So my name is Chris Mandarino. I am a former collegiate and uh, NFL athlete, uh, currently founder and CEO at Life Fuel, which is a uh, plant-based nutrition company um, with a whole food um, approach to nutrition. Very nice. Yeah. So I, um, I'm always fascinated in in athletes, you know, journeys, specifically athletes like yourself who have, who have, uh, been at it a long time, right. You started, uh, presumably, you know, at, at a relatively young age, you played in, you know, I imagine high school, you played in college, went on to the NFL. Um, just kind of walk me through what that journey's looked like, like what brought you to sport to begin with, you know, and then what kept you engaged, in it and with it for, for so long. Cause it, it takes, it takes so much, right. It takes so much commitment and drive and effort. And that's something that no matter where you're coming from or what sport you're engaged in, uh, so often athletes, you know, burn out and, and these types of things, and it's hard to stick with it. So just, uh, I'd love to hear just about that kind of journey from an early age, uh, with you up to, you know, to your pro days and, and now. Yeah, I guess that's the endurance part of <laughs> the right. yeah, 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 right, right. I yeah. uh, because you know that's that's exactly what it is, right? Especially with a, a sport, you know, as violent as football, uh, and the high risk of injury, and just the the toll that that takes on your body, right? So being lucky to some degree, but also taking care of your body and and making sure you stay healthy and and do everything that's required to continue to, to chase that dream. But for me, yeah, it started back in early childhood. I mean, I played, you know, all types of different sports. I was a great swimmer as a kid, um, competitively swam, uh, played basketball, baseball, football, you name it. There's a period where I got into golf, but football for me was always, you know, something that I was really passionate about. My dad had played at Michigan state. So I think that was a big driver for me to want to play, you know, big time collegiate football. And then, um, one day hopefully have the chance to play in the NFL. And so, you know, you just, uh, is your, when you're a kid, it's, you know, just a game you're out there for fun and, you know, kind of play pretty much all, all over the football field, you get a chance to try all the different positions and whatnot, but then things start to get a lot more serious once you get up into like the high school level and you really start kind of <clears throat> got to hone in at, you know, your skills and, and try to get noticed. So, you know, you can play at the next level and, and most guys don't ever make it past high school, right? If you look at the the sheer number of um, athletes who play high school, high school football, the percentage that go on and play collegiately is very small and then much smaller um, to those right. that ever get to the NFL. And so, you know, for me, um, I was still kind of playing a few sports, even into high school. I was playing basketball and, um, I had a big setback with my shoulder. I had a, a subluxation. And so during the off season, like basketball and all the other sports went away and it was full time trying to recover and get back. So I'd be healthy for the next football season. Cause I, I had recognized at that point that if I was going to continue to play athletics, um, beyond high school that that football was really going to be my ticket to to get there 
And so, you know, that, that rehab and recovery process certainly was not fun, but, you know, I was able to get through it and, you know, prepare myself for what would be my uh, junior season, which is a pretty critical time to, to get noticed and, and all that. So um, at the time I was playing quarterback and linebacker, both sides of the ball, which is pretty unconventional. You don't see that <laughs> very often. Uh, where you're starting quarterbacks playing, you know, uh, starting linebacker position, which is a very <laughs> physical commanding you're, position. You're a busy man. <laughs> and, uh, but we, we had a lot of success. We had a great team. We ended up, uh, winning the CIF conference that year and, uh, went, went undefeated. And so that really built a lot of momentum. It got a lot of attention, I think. And, and people are starting to recognize what we're doing at that level. And then senior season, <clears throat> um, I was, Started the season at quarterback, but then two and a half games in, we're kind of flirting with this idea that I might play running back. And at halftime, I think third game into the season, the coach decided to make the switch and move me to to running back. And um, you know that I ended up have a, like an amazing season, broke a lot of you know high school records um, for touchdowns and yards and all that good stuff. And was still playing both sides of the ball, linebacker. However, coming out of high school, like a lot of those big time collegiate offers that I thought should be there based off, you know, what I had done and, and guys I had competed against that were getting, you know, the offers to go to Oklahoma and USC and all these big time colleges never came my way. And so it was a pretty frustrating time for me, a very, you know, um, challenging time and, and really that gut check time to say, okay, w- what do I really want? You know, what? route am I willing to, to take to get um, closer to the, my, you know, continue this journey and, and pursue that goal that I had to play at the next level. And, um, you know, you're kind of, I was faced with a few options. One could have been to go to like a JUCO for a couple years and then try to prove myself on that stage and then get an offer after two years, go to a smaller, like one AA school or Ivy league or something like that. But they, I still had this like, strong drive to really play at the highest level. And that's really what I wanted. Um, so the other option was to, to walk on and there's a few, uh, schools that were kind of recruiting me, um, but they didn't have scholarships. So I was like a recruited walk on. And ultimately I, I chose to pursue an opportunity with Berkeley and walked on there. And, you know, it was probably the toughest, you know, <laughs> um, decision but also the most rewarding because i really got my butt kicked you know the entire first year i was at a new position fullback which i had never played in high school um which was even more physically demanding required me to be much larger than i was (laughs) at the time yeah and so really required me to adapt and just work my tail off to to really try to earn a spot and i was fortunate enough that uh we had a really crummy season my redshirt freshman year i think we we lost every game except for the last game. I think we beat Rutgers, but I was just, you know, basically a dummy on the practice squad all year. <laughs> <laughs> just getting my teeth kicked in. And then because we had such a bad year, we had a new coaching staff that came in and that kind of wiped this slate clean for everybody and gave me an opportunity to show what I could do. And, you know, I, I went kind of envisioning that, you know, maybe I'd step on the field by the time I was a junior or senior, if I was lucky you know, special teams and maybe be in the conversation of a starting position to then getting a chance in spring football and, and really uh, being awarded with a full scholarship after my first year and, and named the starter. And oh, wow. uh, that was, yeah, that was huge for me. It was, you know, I mean, a big weight off my shoulders in terms of like financial commitments and stuff. Cause I had to take out loans and everything else just to walk on and, and play at Berkeley. Um, and so there was a little relief there, but at the same time, you know, in football, you're always kind of looking over your shoulder because somebody's right behind you trying to take your job. Right. And so, right. you know, you don't want to, you know, you're always kind of scared that, that you're going to learn, uh, lose it. And so it really challenges you to put in the time, put in the work, stay ahead of your competitors and, and, you know, making sure you're not making mental errors on the field and everything else. And, you know, fortunately I was able to stay healthy. I had one big setback going into my senior year where I'd broken my jaw and that was, you know, pretty massive because I would always been um, tasked with trying to put on and, and hold weight. And, um, you know, breaking your jaw makes that pretty tough to do, as you can imagine. Right. Yeah, sure. 
everything through a straw for for six weeks and i remember they gave me this um like cookbook and so i would cook like an entire meal and then have to suck it down through a straw and you're Ugh. finding like little gaps in your teeth to try to do it's miserable absolutely miserable uh but i was able to get through that and you know have a, a good senior season and then get recognized at the professional level and um Fortunately, get an opportunity to to play in the NFL and, and pursue that childhood dream. So, you know, it's definitely a challenging road and there was certainly many setbacks and a lot of times where I just wanted to give up and yeah. stop altogether. But um, the, the reward was certainly worth it. And, and really the relationships and experiences that I had along the way um, made it yeah worth every ounce of effort. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a... That's a that's a great story. I mean, what what do you feel like the what do you feel like the thread is or or was that kept you that kept you in it? Because I mean, they, you know, there's a lot of a lot of setbacks there. Any one of those would have been, you know, anybody I think would have said, well, that's fair. You know, yeah, that's you know, you you went a different route, right? Like no one would have, uh, you know, would have you know cast stones and be like, well, I didn't try hard enough, right? I mean, you know, there's just some big big deals and and yeah i mean so what's the thread that kept you kept you in it because i um that's 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 so much a part of kind of the athlete you know experience and condition right no matter where you're coming from is it's 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 always a bumpy road right to reach your goals like even if they're no matter what your goal is if it's the nfl like or if it's just trying to reach your full potential in some you know seemingly smaller capacity it's always harder than you think it's going to be and so, yeah, I mean, what was that thread for you that kept you in it for, I mean, a long time? Yeah, I think for, you know, the first part of that journey coming out of high school, um, you know, I, I really had like, I guess, since I could remember that strong like vision, like I remember that's the one thing that I wanted to do, you know, um, in that phase of life is was to make it to the NFL. And then I, I also had a strong vision that I wanted to be a successful businessman in another chapter of life. And those are two really concrete visions that I had when I was, you know, a young, young kid. And so I did a lot of stuff, I think early days to try to manifest that and goal setting or whatever. And I think that kept me pretty resolute on trying to achieve that goal. And I, when I guess the success or the, the scholarship offers didn't come immediately out of high school, it was certainly very discouraging. Um, but I think it motivated me to, to kind of prove to myself if I really wanted that and uh, also prove to others that I, you know, deserved and I could compete at that, that stage, even though, you know, that's super challenging when everybody's telling you, you can't. Um, and so like the sports system I had around me, you know, my parents um, and, and everything, like their belief in me, I think really helped me along the way because during those dog days of summer camp and just like i remember finding my escape of like um you know, just give it all up and go back home to, to socal and you know do what all my friends were doing but there was just i guess that hope and belief that you know if you keep grinding it out there's there's something bigger waiting for you on the other side and you know that's that's really what drove me and i remember you know when i that first year at berkeley we would practice above the the stadium and you know berkeley's got this great old historic iconic stadium it's in this beautiful setting and uh, in strawberry canyon and when i was walking down after just a brutal practice i would just look at the stadium and imagine it like on game day with everybody you know screaming and yelling and all jazzed up and i just would tell myself that you know i could just step foot and be in that atmosphere all this is going to be worth it and so, you know, you just kept going. And I think you know, similar to an endurance athlete, right? It's just one foot in front of another, right? Take another step, take, just keep going, keep going, keep going, right? And right. that's that mental battle that we all uh, have to fight with ourselves, right? And I think that's a lot of times the biggest challenge that we face as athletes is that internal self-talk, right? That sometimes For that's sure. the biggest because there's a lot of externalities that you can't really control and like you know as athletes we can we can work through those right you you know sprain an ankle you do whatever okay you do whatever you need to do to get it right but that self-talk especially if it's fueled by re reaffirming you know 
other voices, other things, that becomes very difficult and challenging to do with. So I think having, you know, that, that clarity of what you want in your goals, but also um, just the conviction to, you know, get through it all and, and the positive affirmation of telling yourself that you are capable and, and deserving of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. That's a good point. You, I mean, it, it's almost, um, it, it, in a way it's almost easier if it's just an injury, right? That's much more clear cut. You're like, Oh, okay. i sprained my ankle. I hurt my shoulder. Here's eight weeks. Do the, yep. do, do X, Y, and Z. And I get to the other side of that. If exactly. it's, if it's not that, uh, if it's these like, you know, more kind of, um, you know, psychological or, you know, you have to kind of that motivation has to come from somewhere external to some sort of clear cut defined timeline. Um, that's a much harder thing to navigate, you know, and that's, um, yeah, I just, I, that's, you know, we see that happen again with athletes of all disciplines is it's, um, it's easy to kind of, you get really excited about the allure of a particular outcome, right? So, so that could be, you know, it could be like a podium, right? It could be like winning something. It could be a PR. It could be a, you know, a, a great, even like a great practice or a great workout or something, but there's a lot of space between the work that has to be done before those things exist, right? Before you actually get to, to any of those outcomes. Um, I mean, is that what it felt like for you? I mean, cause the, you know, the NFL would be like the penultimate version of that would be like, that's the shiniest, most alluring thing, you know, certainly in like American sports. Um, and, and so like, what was it that, I mean, was it that thing that like that kept you really fired up or was there was was there something in between that we were like, OK, I got to just focus on I just got to do this. Right. Like, I mean, you said like the Berkeley Stadium, like that's a great, you know, kind of analogy. It's like, OK, I just got to imagine like my day will come because it's. I just feel like it's it's so hard to get lost in that path. Right. You're like because those things are so far away. Right. From the time you were like getting your ass kicked at Berkeley to the NFL was a lot of space. Um so yeah, like what did that, you know, how did you balance that? Uh, hey everyone, uh, I recently came across a new product on the market uh, and I wanted to take a moment to share it uh, with our listeners. Uh, Access Nutrients has created a supplement designed to assist with better absorption of zinc, iron, calcium, and magnesium. Uh, this is a heavily researched and science-backed supplement that helps to break down the anti-nutrient phytate. Uh, phytate is present in things like beans, grains, nuts, and seeds. Uh, any product made from these foods, uh, such as pasta, rice, chickpeas, nut butters, whole wheat flour, cereals, etc., etc. Uh, so without the enzyme, the above-mentioned micronutrients are largely unavailable for abs absorption, leading to deficiencies. So without iron, our bodies struggle to transport oxygen. Without zinc, our body's immune system is impaired, and many enzymatic processes cannot function normally. So this enzyme has already helped a number of people that I work with uh, on the athlete side with better performance, improved energy, uh, anemia, fatigue, and other conditions. Uh, you can have a read through the research on their site for more information, but just trust me when I say that this enzyme could be a game changer uh, for many of you when it comes to optimizing your performance. Uh, I've been taking it um, for about two to three months now, and I've noticed uh, big changes in my recovery, my sleep, uh, muscular fatigue, uh, endurance, uh, my ability to fuel uh, more closely to workouts. So it really has been um, a really positive or had a positive impact on my performance. So, so for all of our listeners, um, you can go to accessnutrients.org and use the code THOMASENDURANCE um, to get 25% off uh, your order. And um, I think it's going to be something that you guys really like. I encourage you to try it out. Um, it's, uh, it's a really uh, cool product. I think it could be something that's very impactful for so many athletes and so many listeners of this podcast. So again, that's accessnutrients.org. Code Thomas Endurance for 25% off your order. Uh, and let us know what you think. Um, it's been something that's been exciting for me to try. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, I think the the structure of football like keeps you fairly 
well focused on that. Mm. Like, so we always start the season, you know, with that end goal in mind, right? And everybody's kind of chasing that same goal more or less, right? But then you kind of break that down into a bunch of many steps or many things that need to happen, you know, down to, you know, daily practices or making sure that you're getting your, <laughs> going to class so you're not getting in academic trouble, like all these things mm-hmm. that add up to the big things, right? And if you ignore those little things, you're never, you don't, you don't even stand a chance of, you know, getting to the next level or winning your, your conference or, or whatever that goal is. And so I think having that, that big picture constantly in mind, that big, that goal is super important, but also knowing what you need to do on a daily basis and having that accountability to both yourself and this situation, a team um, is what, you know, keeps you driving toward that goal. And I think, you know, when you're in that team environment too, like that changes, there's different dynamics, different sure. team chemistries, right? So that in and of itself can totally change and shape, you know, a player and, and the team as a whole, obviously, right? So if you don't yeah. have the right leadership structure in place from, you know, upper management to the coaching to, you know, individual players who are supposed to be captains and stuff, it can totally, you know, disrupt, you know, your ability to, to get closer to those goals. So there's a lot of, I guess, things that go into it, but, um, you know, what your responsibilities are, you you pretty much know what is required to, you know, get the, get what you want. The question is, are you willing to, to put in the extra time? Are you really willing to like, how far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to push, um, right. Compared to the guy next to you or behind you. Right. And yeah. great teams, right. They do that equally well. So there's a lot of healthy comp- competition amongst the teams, amongst positions. And that kind of raises everybody up. Um, so yeah, I think that like having a really good team dynamic is super important for, football and you see that you know analogy oftentimes in business too right either you know football or or military sometimes it's just that you know um set of accountability to the person next to you but also taking care of your role and and understanding what that is in the broader picture and working toward that that common goal together right yeah i mean with the with the like business side of things you know that becomes that's such a great parallel because you know the 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 health of the team is more valuable than like any one individual right or like or or the sum total of the effort should be to support the team and that's what moves the needle right from you know if you're trying to like create something from a business perspective um that's great you know I, I think that too like that team component I, I I've we talk a lot about on the on this podcast like this kind of idea of or this very real need to like to, to build like a support network, right? Like if you're just in there alone grinding, like there's probably a finite timeline where that's really going to be successful. And to your point, like you need that person next to you that, that, you know, you know, is counting on you or that, you know, is going to, you know, have your back when, when you have some, some of those low points. And that's the great, I mean, that's, that's the fantastic thing about team sports is you do have that, 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 you know, that network uh, and that's, you know, that's going to push you. And those like, there's like clear kind of, you know, action, actionable, you know, steps along the way and you know where the team needs to go. And if you're just out there alone, it's hard to make sense of all that. You know, you need that support network, whether that's a team in football or whether that's, you know, you move on through your life and that's, you know, physical therapist, massage therapy, nutritionists, you know, people that are going to help you, you know, stay accountable and understand what you need to be successful and like, and hold you to those um, to those standards. Um, uh, that's great. So, so switching gears a little bit, I want to talk about, uh, I'm just interested in your, um, I imagine you've had a really dynamic relationship with food. So from your, you said you're, you know, you had to get, you had to stay bigger, right. You had to have a certain amount of mass to be able to play so much. I mean, you know, you had to eat through a straw and this and that. Um, so yeah, what's that been like for you from, you know, early days and, and how you fueled your body and how you, you kind of, you know, thought about that process or, or looked at it, you know, um, to obviously 
you know, where you're at now, I'm, it, you know, seems, seems pretty dramatically different in terms of how you're just kind of thinking about that food as a, as a, as a method of fueling and well, well-being versus maybe just trying to like cram it in. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it's really been an evolution for me, right? And, and just kind of consistently uh, trying to up my nutritional IQ and really, you know, digging into the science and, and going beyond just, you know, taking, I guess, the advice of dietitians or nutritionists, you know, of like the advice that I received as an athlete, right? Which was just, okay, you need to eat more. It doesn't really matter where the calories are coming from, <laughs> you know. Right fuel up on whey protein shakes. And, you know, that was kind of the advice that, that I had received. Right. And my, my goal at that time was obviously very different than my goals today. Right. It was to continue mostly focused on moving the needle on the scale. Right. I needed to get bigger. I needed to put on bulk, but I also need to get stronger and, and all that. But alongside with that, um, you know, you're, you're, putting on more fat mass as well. Um, and for doing that for as long as I did, you know, there's some other things that I started to notice that, you know, I wasn't very happy about. Right. So like I had a lot of heartburn, a lot of digestion and gas issues, just kind of energy levels were up and down mental clarity, probably not as sharp as it could be. And you're kind of wondering like, why is it, you know, I'm, I'm training at a high level. I'm doing all the things that everybody's telling me I'm supposed to be doing. Um, why am I feeling this way after I eat? And you quickly um, make that connection with it's the way that you're fueling your body, right? And so it was really, I think, in the NFL where I start to see some some guys and how they were kind of doing things a bit differently Tony Gonzalez is a great example. He's, you know, Hall of Fame tight end. And, you know, he was eating a more plant. I don't know if he's vegan at the time or just like eating mostly plant-based diet. He had his own like separate nutritionist and was really dialed in to um, his food and his nutrition. And it showed like he had, he's like a, a freak physically um, and, you know, was able to compete for his, I think, 15-year career or something, you know, for a very long time at a very high level. And you, you see that more and more, right? The guys that have really taken a vested interest in the nutrition and recovery side of things are able to really extend their careers significantly. And so I think that really tuned me on to it more so and, and had me look deeper into it um, in, in a different way, because I had always been told, you know, it was kind of more like bodybuilding type stuff and weight training stuff. I had an uncle who was you know, bodybuilder I trained with, uh, a buddy of my, uh, my dad's from college who like trained with Arnold Schwarzenegger and all this stuff. And wow. so he has given me like all this advice about how to build size and bulk. And so I'd been through like a bunch of different like disciplines and, and stuff on the training side, but the nutrition side based off the advice I had received just was, was subpar. And I really, I guess, um, realized that more so when I was done playing football and I didn't need to be 240 plus pounds anymore to smash linebackers in the face. I wanted to lose a lot of that weight because my bones hurt so much, just everything ached and I just didn't feel or look, you know, the way I wanted to. And so uh, I had an opportunity to go abroad and live in Italy and play football. And I just had this eye-opening experience that I saw the way that they lived and eat was so, you know, so much different than, you know, the Western world, the Western pace of eating, right? And it was a, a diet that was more local. They were more mindful about, you know, sitting down and eating and the preparation that goes into the meals. Um, and also, I would notice that food would perish a lot quicker when I would go out and, and buy it from a farmer's market or a grocery store. Whereas in the States, it would last like a month if I bought, you know, carrots or an apple or whatever. Right, right. It's kind of, you know, fueled, um, I guess, going deeper into the subject and really starting to understand like how we got to where we are now as a society in the Western world and, you know, how you know, disrupted and, and different our food system is today than it was just a few decades ago. And I think at the same time or shortly thereafter, I had an opportunity to get started in the professional world of nutrition, working for a bariatric nutrition 
company that was really aligned with a lot of the world-class weight loss surgeons in the world and a very different set of you know health challenges, but very eye-opening as well because I saw firsthand um, nutritional deficiencies and in, in how you know when people aren't getting everything that they need from food, even if you're getting a surplus of calories, you're still it's still very very challenging to get the core micronutrients, the essential nutrients from diet alone. And when you dig into the science, you see that 95%, you know, give or take of, you know, Americans are not meeting their basic nutritional needs for one or more vitamins and, and, and minerals, right? So when that happens, there's the body kind of flips a switch um, from long-term health to short-term survival and everything, you know, starts to break down. You accelerate the aging process. You, accelerate the degradation of cells so and then you know how that manifests depends on genetics and epigenetics and different things right so for some for someone it might be overweight and obesity some might be an autoimmune disease some might be you know something else right but when you don't provide your body with that essential fuel something's going to give and you're going to you know not live as long as you can um and as healthy as you can for that period of time. So that's what really drove the interest uh, nutrition because I was personally going through it, trying to transform my body, just looking at all the different science and all these different crazy, you know, nutritional theories. And, you know, we're just, you know, <laughs> so bombarded with all these dietary theories. And one day, you know, fat's bad. The next day fat's good and keto this and vegan that. And it's just so mind numbing. And when you all, when you really get down to, you know, what the, the core set of principles are that really make us healthy, that nobody can really disagree on, it's eat more plants. I'm not saying you have to go vegan or whatever, but plants are one of the best fuel sources that we can put on our plates, one of the most nutrient dense fuel sources, and then really think about where the other stuff comes from. So if you're having red meat or whatever, um, where, how's that cow being <laughs> pretty, right. right? How's it raised? You know, is it eating a natural, healthy diet? Is it roaming free on grass pastures? Because that materially changes that food and the nutri nutritional composition of it. On one hand, you've got this amazing steak that's, you know, rich in omega-3 essential fatty acids. On the other th hand, you've got something that's, you know, pumped full of hormones and antioxidants and yeah. iron, uh, omega-6 inflammatory fatty acids. So I think yeah. that's, that's really the philosophy now. It's, okay, trying to get back to a more localized um, uh, way of eating. And, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to live in Kind of travel around the world and so a lot of times i'll eat the way that you know the locals do and i'm not kind of stuck in this construct of some you know dietary sigma that doesn't work for you know 90 yeah. percent of the global population right it only works in the united states and i think that the biggest thing is just like getting uh breaking the the reliance on uh, ultra processed foods which are more you know these enriched flowers and oils and all this, you know, stuff that has a lot of calories, but no real nutrient sustenance to it. And, you know, there's a bigger compelling reason behind that too, because it's like, we have to, this is one of the most important things that we all need to be more mindful about based off, you know, food security and climate change, and all these things that food plays a massive role in. So, yeah, yeah. I know, I know you're, um, and you mentioned it, you, you know, not adhering to like, um, like a particular named diet, um, which, which I'll, I'll just fully admit, I think is amazing. Like I, I, that's, you know, I, 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 there was a quote and I, I, I forget, so I won't try to, to place a name to it because it's, it's escaping me who it was, but the, the quote was, you know, if, if it's got a name, it's, it's probably it's probably missing something that you need, right? Like yeah. eating, <laughs> eating, fueling your body doesn't have a brand. Um, right. It, it right. is eating, it's fueling, it's, it's, you know, yeah. it's giving your body all of the full range of nutrients and resources and minerals and calories and so on that you need. And as soon as we name it, that by nature means that you've taken something away. It's a, it's a restricted approach to fueling. 
Um, yeah. But I'm curious, you know, as someone, you know, who has invested a tremendous amount of time and is, you know, now making your living um, in this space and, you know, who's launched a company trying to work and to make an impact in this space. Like what's your, I just, you know, I guess expand on your experience with that kind of approach and why you feel like this more, um, I don't know. I mean, what's the best word I would say like less complicated. Like to me, it feels like we've tried to make it more complex by, by giving it a name and, and branding it and making all these products that come in bags that adhere to a particular branded diet. And, and if you, it's easier, it feels like it should be certainly outside of the Western world or outside of the U S like, so I don't know. Yeah. Like what's your, you know, what's kind of led you to, to feel like that's really, uh, you know, where we should be putting our effort um, versus this marketing. Yeah, so stuff. You know, it's getting back. It's just like intuitively thinking about, okay, where were we thousand years ago or even a hundred years ago, we had a more agrarian, you know, lifestyle. You know, okay. So even when it's not hunter gatherers, right. I don't expect anybody to go out right. hunt and gather food. Right. But we were more connected. Food was still, very localized you still went to maybe a butcher just to get meat or maybe to you know a local uh, produce broker to get fresh fruits and vegetables and due to the uh, quality of the soil it was still very rich in micronutrients it was this you know much different thing than exists today in the mono crop agriculture that um, food is largely produced with today so i think you know if you want to go and subscribe to any like specific dietary tribe, like I think as humans, we kind of are compelled to do that, right? We are tribal in nature. And so I think people do find, you know, I guess identity with subscribing to like keto community or vegan community or what have you. But I think you really need to ask yourself in how much that's actually serving your, your health goals. Because when you start to eliminate entire food groups, something's going to give. And, and we see, you know, micronutrient deficiencies across the board in, in a standard American diet. When you start to specialize even further, like every vegan knows, like you can't thrive on a vegan diet without B12. Most people don't thrive long term, you know, for, you know, nutrient related deficiencies, right? So you're going to have to get it from somewhere. And oftentimes that's taking products like ours at Life Fuel, which are designed to meet the needs of all humans, the essential nutrients that all humans <laughs> need, right. right? Just biologically, biochemistry speaking, don't care if you're vegan, keto or whatever. We all have these underlying, you know, basic human essential needs. And that's the unique approach that we've taken to nutrition. So most nutrition companies are reductionist approach and would try to sell you a hundred different products. Here's a vitamin D supplement and B12 and this and that. And oftentimes when people get too far down this road, they do need therapeutic high levels of certain nutrients just to get back to, I guess, status quo. Our approach is here's the stuff that we all need daily basis. So assuming that, you know, you're feeling your body the way that you're supposed to, this is complementary to a more intuitive way of eating, which is centered around, you know, whole food, plant-based, predominantly foods. And then when you're eating animal sources, something, hopefully you have the uh, consciousness to seek out higher quality sources, more localized sources that are going to be better for you and better for the planet. I think if we can get back to a system that kind of supports that and less about, you know, trying to create this idealized perfect diet, the better off we'll all be, the way less confused we'll all be because there's there's no perfect diet, right? The only perfect diet that exists is one that's right for you at this moment based off your personal, you know, health goals, your socioeconomical sure. circumstances, your Genetics, microbiome. I mean, it just gets very complex very quickly, you know, mm -hmm. if you really <laughs> try to, and it, it needs to be deeply personalized. And so, like, the sooner that we can kind of throw out all this dietary dogma um, and get back to this this core principle um, way of eating, the better off we'll, we'll be for it. Yeah. What's your, you know... Uh... I guess advice or, or, you know, 
Um, how, how do we, how do we cut through some of that noise, you know, or all that noise? Cause that's, you know, in, in my capacity as, you know, coach and someone who works with athletes all over the world, um, that's so often where I kind of have to meet athletes at is, is, you know, there are a couple of things, one, not really knowing where to start. Right. So there is, there's all this stuff. Um, maybe they know it should be easier, but, but they can't, they can't get there. Right. They don't know what information to trust. And then secondly, and maybe you could weigh in on this as well is like, how do we, how do we, um, think about food, like as fuel, like it, like you said, it, it, it changes based on what you need. Right. So, and if you're in an athletic body, if you're someone who is moving regularly or making movement part of your lifestyle, like your nutrition needs may very well shift throughout the year or the, the week or, you know, and so there you have timing concerns, you have density, you know, concerns in terms of, you know, so how do we take, you know, all of these kind of desperate pieces and like encapsulate. So in your experience, you know, as an athlete and with life fuel, like what are some of our ways that we can help kind of consolidate and condense a lot of this so we can give people uh, the ability to fuel their bodies in a way that is, you know, right for them and makes them feel good. Yeah. So I think there's a few key points to consider. So one is just the question of, Am I an athlete? Am I eating for athletic performance or am I eating for general health and wellness and longevity? Right. Because as we know, the goals of an athlete are very, very different. And the needs of an athlete are very, very different than just like the, the regular <laughs> individual. Right. So mm -hmm. caloric load, like all that stuff, depending on training cycles, you can get very scientific about it. And you probably should if you're trying to squeeze out every percent of performance and recovery, you can't, right? And if as an athlete, if you don't have your nutrition super dialed in, you're leaving something on the table. I would say the same thing with humans, right? As an entrepreneur, as a person, as anybody, if you don't fuel your body correctly, you're not going to be as clear as you could be. You're not going to be as energized. You can be, you can probably going to get stuck on some sort of vicious cycle where you're caffeinating for energy and you're, you know, yeah. boozing, you go to sleep and it's just, you know, you think you're doing well, but at some point something's going to break. So that's mm -hmm. the first thing is really thinking about, okay, what are my goals? Right. And you know, how that, how does that, I guess, apply to where I'm at in life right now? Is it strictly for athletic purposes or is it for just the broader longer term picture? Second thing is, I think, reestablishing your relationship with food and really getting in, back in control of, I guess, hunger and, and raising your uh, level of standards for what food is, right? So I think we've done a terrible job at just because something, you know, is in a package or, you know, is, is like food, we simply accept it as food, but it's more chemicals <laughs> than it is actually right. nutritional sustenance, right? So that level of, of what food standards are, right? It's actually pretty simple. Most food has like one ingredient, it's an apple, it's a carrot, it's a piece of beef, right? Like, so it's a lot more simplistic when you think about it that way, because you don't have to get into, you don't need a PhD to sort through nutritional labels and everything else, right? Right. The challenge with all that in modern Western world we're so crunch for time, right? So we seek out convenience and we trade convenience for health, right? And I think that's where Life Fuel as a company, we understand that. We understand that crossroads. It's something that I experienced firsthand as an athlete. You know, you're trying to squeeze in extra calories throughout the day. You're running between workouts and class. You know, you don't have, you know, two hours in the middle of the day, like we do here in Italy to sit down and have siesta and just eat and, and it'd be all good. Right. So, you know, you need that, I guess, those quick and convenient fuels to get you through. But I think if you're more in control of your, your hunger and of your fuel sources, you realize that, okay, if I don't eat in the next two hours, I'm not going to keel over and die. I can wait, you know, until I can actually put nutrient dense fuel in my body. Um, and again, for the average person, there's actually a lot more benefit 
that you would gain from, you know, that non-feeding window, right? When you're giving your body a chance to digest and, and absorb, you know, all the nutrients from the last feeding window, as opposed to thinking you're an athlete and you need to fuel every two to three hours to stay in muscle protein synthesis and pack on more, but you know, it's just, right. that's, that's the, the important part of it. So, um, yeah, I think the closer we can get to real whole foods, the more plant centric we can get, um, the better. And when, you know, you are time crunched, you need a convenient choice. It's something where I think life fuel can come in very handy because it gives you the peace of mind that at least you're meeting your core essential nutrients and filling the gaps that exist in pretty much any diet, any modern diet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, taking the, that kind of guesswork out of it. I mean, like we were talking about earlier is that, you know, you don't, it is hard to know where to turn. And, and if you're looking at a shelf in the grocery store and you're trying to, to come up with a healthy, you know, what feels like some sort of healthy solution for those moments between when you are crunched and, and you don't have two hours to prepare, like, what do you do? Right. And so often we, we, we don't make the best decisions because we, it, you know, it's all shrouded in mystery and marketing and, and it's hard to know, right? It's, you I mean, like yeah. you said, like you have to have a PhD sometimes to like unpack what really you're, you're eating and where it's coming from and what's, what's kind of quote unquote good or bad. Um, you, t- you, you touched on like honoring your, uh, honoring your hunger, um, which I, which I'm, I think is, is great. That's one of the things we do. Our, our dietitian on our team, um, that works with our athletes one-on-one comes to things from kind of a, a more of like an intuitive eating perspective. So we start, you know, not on the meal plan side, but more of like a, uh, your relationship with food and understanding your body's cues. And then we'll kind of back ourselves into how to fuel properly. Once we have some of these kind of core constructs nailed down. Um, but what's that, I mean, what's that experience been like for you? Cause that, I, that language is not something that, um, that a lot of, us in the West are, are familiar with, you know, I, I certainly were until I started to really work to kind of educate myself on like what the root kind of cause of, of some of these, you know, issues is for, again, specific to my, my world to athletes. Um, so what, you know, what's, how did you arrive at, at that, you know, that language and that understanding of kind of honoring that hunger? Yeah. So a few things. Um, I think hydration is an important part of it, right? So if you're not hydrating consistently and a lot of us are underhydrated, so that signal alone can be confusing with, I need food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the first cue would be to, okay, maybe I'll start with a glass of water, see how that, you know, that's, does that take my hunger away or am I still like very hunger, hungry? Um, And then I think to reshape that relationship, sometimes it takes some sort of, you know, challenge. And maybe it's like, can I go on a 24 hour fast, right? And realize, okay, I'm not going to (laughs) die, you know, but like it really kind of flips the switch and puts you back into control, right? I've done, I think a, a three day fast, right? And that's super challenging, but it kind of gradually, you know, teaches you that, you know, you're the boss of your nutrition and not the other way around, right? You're not just every time you get a little murmuring in your stomach, I'm going to rush out and grab the, the closest thing to me because my body's telling me I need to eat. No, it's, it's different, right? Mm-hmm. You're now in charge. You make the choices and you have elevated your game as to what you are going to fuel your body with. And again, also understanding it's not perfect, right? We all have indulgences. You shouldn't feel guilty if you want to go out and you have, you know, a slice of chocolate cake or whatever. But again, it's with that goal-centered focus in mind, right? And if you're doing that 90% of the time, then you're probably not going to get closer to your goals, right? But if it's a little here, a little there, it's not going to, you know, it's not the end of the world because the majority of the way that you're feeling in your body, the majority of those meals are going to be centered around what your body really needs and and going to help it to um, function optimally. So yeah, those are a few different things. And I think also just throwing out everything that you think you know about nutrition and starting with like first principles and say, okay, well, like if I just started with 
something very basic and simple, my recommendation would be just go zero, like don't eat anything out of a box or a package for a week or however long you think you can do mm-hmm. and see how you feel. Right. You know, don't cut ever, don't cut out any other food groups. Let's say just don't eat anything out of a package for a week and see, you know, what improves, what changes. Right. And then mm-hmm. if there's little micro changes that you want to make beyond that, um, go for it. Right. But I think the more that we can reduce dependence on ultra processed foods, start to cut out some of the other, you know, high inflammatory foods in your diet. A lot of people don't do well with dairy. Um, it's pro-inflammatory. There's a lot of, you know, challenges with it. So doing that will continue to kind of elevate your, your health and, and get you to look and feel better. I wonder so many people, you know, you talk to, and I'm sure you've had the same experience, you know, when you start kind of diving into the space and you start trying to understand the, some of the issues and, you know, and, and complications people are having some places where they're getting hung up. We, we've made a really big deal, um, over the calorie, right? So that's what people fixate on is they're like, well, it's only, you hear this all the time, right? It, it just did out in the world. You're like, well, it's only 300 calories. It's only, you know, but not having any idea there has, we've, we've, you know, in, in the language we've used to talk about food, we've created a big disconnect in like what makes up a calorie, right? So density and, and, you know, where are those calories actually coming from and, and calories become like the be all end all, right? It's like, if, if you, if you, you know, take in X amount of calories, like you are, you know, box checked, I can move on about my life. And, and there's any number of ways to make that, those calories up, obviously. Um, I mean, yeah, like what's been your, I, I'm just curious, like again, from someone in your kind of space and position, um, how do we work to, to shift that mindset? You know, that, that, you know, calories, calories are important, right? Again, especially based on your goals, do you need, do you need a surplus of them? Do you, you know, if you, if you have weight loss as a goal, do you need to have a, a deficit of them? But uh, yeah, how do you, how do you position the calorie kind of in the ecosystem of, of healthy eating? Yeah, it's a great question. And <clears throat> you're right. They are, they do matter, right? But the, the quality of those calories matters more than the sheer number alone. And, you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make, you know, if they want to like lose weight, you know, all of a sudden they just, okay, I'm going to go on like a juice cleanse or something. And so you're stripping away all the, you know, nutrients and fiber and a lot of the stuff that's going to keep you energized and not hungry and looking and feeling good so that you can, you know, get closer to, to the goal you have. Um, because the obsession is solely about caloric consumption. And, you know, I think we, we tend to, drastically overestimate the amount of calories we burn and underestimate the calories we consume. Right. Right. So it's, it's very challenging if you're purely focused on a a calorie number to get that right. Unless you're like really weighing and measuring and, you know, tracking or eating everything out of a box where it's already pre-calculated for you. Right. Right. So a lot of those are not going to result in that, you know, scenario that you're trying to achieve. So what we do in our transformation program is we don't, we don't focus on calories at all. Right. We say, here's like the foods that you should be fueling your body with go nuts, right. Eat until, you know, you're satiated with your full until you're full. And there's the, the time it takes, I think it's the, the ghrelin hormone um, from your gut to your brain to realize that you are satiated, that you're full, you've had enough is about 30 minutes. Right. And when you do that with real whole foods, like try to eat, sit down and eat like a baked potato or two, it's going to be you're going to feel satiated or full. Right. Especially like a like a sweet potato or something. You wouldn't have any problem sitting down eating an entire bag of like Lay's potato chips, just not thinking twice about it. Right. And so on one hand, you've consumed a massive amount of calories, but haven't, you know, satiated your hunger. And you've also consumed a ton of chemicals, a ton of like other crap that is going to throw your your body into this biochemistry, like spiral, you know, Um, whereas like with real whole foods, like your body knows how to take all those, you know, phytonutrients and the fibers. And there's so much that's happening as a result 
Um, and the body needs to work in expending energy, just breaking down and digesting that food too, versus, you know, these simple calories that don't require as much effort by the body in the first place. So as a re result, you're burning less calories, you're consuming less, and it throws that whole, you know, equation totally out of whack. Um, yeah. so, you know, I think, you know, there's, a, there's, if you're, again, if you're an athlete or if you're trying to like, you know, drastically transform your bodies, then it's important to be mindful about like that caloric surplus or a deficit. I don't think it needs to be, you know, to the point where you're super dialed into like weighing and measuring down to every ounce. So, because I've done that and it's miserable and it's not sustainable for right. most people, right? It's yeah. extremely time consuming. You're stressing out. And it, for me, it, it took all the, the joy and the pleasure out of food in the first place. And that's something that we should all love. Like who doesn't love, you know, sitting down and just yeah. enjoying a great meal with friends and, you know, nobody wants to have to go and, you know, in a closet to go weigh, you know, everything out, <laughs> you know, the precise, yeah. you know, microgram of, of nutrients. So I think, again, that's what a, a plant, a whole food plant centric diet can do for you because it's changing that quality factor. And it's also going to inform your body better as to when you've, you've had enough. And I, again, I, I know we're, t we're crunched for time, but I think that's another thing that we all need to ask ourselves, well, do I have a little more time? Do I have 30 minutes to invest in, you know, preparing a meal for myself? Or do I really need to watch another Netflix show or really need to go, you know, just check out on social media for 30 minutes? So it's really comes down to a question of priorities, right? We can say right. that we want to, you know, increase performance, we can say we want to look and feel better. But if we're not willing to put in the time, we're not willing to, you know, ratchet it up very high on the priority list, which I think it should all be for everybody Yeah. <laughs> or, near, you know, the top few priorities that we have in life, then you're fooling yourself to think that you're going to reach your goals or not have, you know, some sort of, you know, negative health outcomes as the result of not taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, you know, interesting that we have, We've, you know, in kind of the modern world in the last, you know, handful of decades, really pushed fueling our bodies. Like the thing that literally keeps us alive is like low on the priority list, right? Like it's the last thing we think about. It's the last, we do all the other things. Then it's like the quickest possible route to just make sure I don't feel that, you know, horrible or what, you know, or, or, and there's a whole <laughs> list of, you know, that goes into honoring hunger and this, that, and the other, but, you know, to your point, like really, if you like, what else are you doing other than keeping yourself alive? Right. Like you should really put that, the, you know, it's like drink water, feed yourself. Those are like one and two. Right. And then, yeah. and then it's all the other things we think we, you know, are, are super important. And of course, you know, you have responsibilities and you have to, you know, live up to those and, you know, yeah, but that brings up a good point, right? When you aren't doing that <clears throat> good enough, right? Yeah. The other stuff is going to suffer as a result, right? So can you really be the best husband if you've got, you know, low energy and a, a terrible mood or, you know, right. all these other things, right? So can you be the best entrepreneur or business person if the health side is, is lacking or suffering? No, you can't, yeah. right? So it, it really does start with that, making sure that self-care is a high priority because that only allows you to be more of the person that you want to become. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I've made the same argument or, or, you know, my, my, I have the same stance when it comes to, um, to exercise, right? Like if, 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 if you don't prioritize yourself, and your health. And with that, I would, I include in that, you know, fueling, eating to fuel that performance in a way that you can reach your full potential. Like if that's not, if that's not a high priority, if it's not a touch point, you can't go out and be the best version of yourself in the rest of your life. You can't, you know, you can't reach your career goals. You can't, you know, be the person for your family and friends that you need, they need you to be because you're not, you're not giving yourself what you need. Right. And, and, and movement, exercise, training, whatever you want to call it, it's a part of that. Right. And, and it could be very small doses. You don't have to run marathons, but, but that's, you know, same thing with, with, 
with food is it it's the thing that slides down the, the, the priority list, right? I'm like, no, you gotta, you know, you gotta get up, you gotta, you know, again, you gotta drink water, you gotta feed yourself and you need to move, right? And then yeah. everything else will come in, like it'll fall into place if you give your body what it needs to, to excel, uh, you know, and that's good food, good exercise. And, and that, you know, with that comes, clarity and energy and you know mood like you said um yeah i'm always like if you don't do anything else today like if you feel like you really fell flat like in your business goals or whatever like at least exercise and eat right because that like you're gonna yeah you're gonna you're gonna carry that forward to tomorrow like you'll wake up and and you'll have a good day right like you you can maybe you fell flat today but if you can like treat yourself Right. And again, you, I mean, you said self-care, which I, which I agree with. Like if you can, you know, prioritize that self-care, like you'll, you'll, you know, you'll come back around, right. You'll reach that high point again. You'll be able to execute in ways that are in alignment with your goals. Um, Not the other way around. Right. We do that, especially like that's so popular in the entrepreneurial world, you know, like myself and you and anyone who started a business where it's like work is first, and then if you get around to the other stuff, right? Like that's kind of the ethos a lot of times. And I'm like, I'm like, I like to work as much as the next person. Like I'm super driven, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I check my personal boxes first, right? And my my body and mind are right, and then that's gonna allow me to deliver and execute in places I want to excel the rest Absolutely. of my life. So, um, well, Chris, man, this has been awesome. I can't thank you enough. I uh, I love where you're coming from. I love your yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Super, super insightful, and I appreciate your time. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and hope that your, your audience um, really finds it valuable. Yeah, no doubt they will. Yeah, this connects on a, on a lot of levels for sure. So um, I'm excited to, to get this out there, and I know we'll, uh, everybody will be, be excited to listen to it. So, yeah, thanks again, Chris. Awesome. You bet. Thanks for having me.